Welcome to the From Way Downtown Pacers podcast. Uh, here, of course, with Indie Star Pacers insider Dustin Dopirak. I am Nat Newell, Pacers editor for Indie Star. Uh, we originally had scheduled this uh, podcast for seven and a half hours ago. Um, <laughs> and then the they made the, obviously the Pacers made the trade. Uh, Buddy healed uh, to the Sixers at about 1030 this morning. We were feeling pretty good about ourselves. We said, hey, we can do a podcast at 3.15. We'll give them a few minutes. And then, of course, at 2.45, they make another trade. At 3 o'clock, they make another trade. And so here we are, seven and a half hours later, uh, actually talking about a a busy, uh, though I'm not sure how impactful, uh, trade deadline. Uh, but if you and, and you just got done talking to Pacers general manager Chad Buchanan, talked to Rick Carlisle earlier. Uh, just sort of, uh, let's just walk through the moves, just sort of, uh, you know, we'll start with the, the, the move for of Heald and what, how this all uh, played out and just what your initial thoughts were. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, there's how we saw it and I guess how they saw it. I mean, obviously the way it came out, um, certainly this morning was the deal that was it was Buddy Heald for uh, Marcus Morris and um, <laughs> this Turkish guard whose name I uh, will I only had to write today because he's already been released, who I'm forgetting about every time and I have to make sure I don't get his name wrong. It's um, what is this? Cork Moss? Cork Moss? I don't know. Corkman Corkmoss. Corkman Corkmoss. You're doing is, worse on his name. That I do on your name, and I will also note that you misspelled his name in one of the stories, and I had to catch it. So just one, I only did it once. Well, I only caught it once. If you did it okay, more than I'll that, then check, it, it, be, check it about five might still more times. Still be out there. <laughs> yeah, check it about five more times. I, I kept looking back at it. I was like, am I getting this? Like it is jumbled in my head. Um, and you know, I just again, this is the only day I really had to know that he was a, a person because he was cut within like six hours uh, or something like that. But yeah, so. They, they get Morris, they get Cormaz, they get um, three second-round draft picks. So then they move Morris and one of the picks to San Antonio. Um, and then that trade comes together as a three-way trade. That's how it was eventually announced. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it is as if Marcus Morris was never a pacer, although I guess for a period he sort of was, but on paper he never was. Um and um, so then from there, they picked up Corey Joseph, but then pretty much immediately cut him, um, gave the Warriors a second-round pick, but basically got cash considerations back. As I understand it, they got $5.8 million. They bought him out for $1.5, and so they get like $4.3 million, if I'm doing my math right, out of that, that deal. Right. Yeah, basically they sold a second-round pick for $4.3 million. Um, and so, yeah. Today was weird, uh, as far as all that was concerned. I mean, we're still trying to kind of pick away at the, you know, layers to that. You know, like um, Buchanan was asked, basically, if Buddy asked for a trade. You know, certainly there was that was the talk way at the beginning of the season. He wasn't going to resign, and therefore he had been given the opportunity to, to look for a deal. And you can certainly see how Philadelphia would be a place he'd want to go, um, considering the circumstance. Basically, they weren't going to resign him. You know, Philly gives him a place where he can go and try to make an impact down the stretch, obviously going to be without Embiid for a while. Uh, Tyrese Maxey needs somebody, anybody to create gravity uh, to, to pull just some of the attention that, that he's going to be facing away from him. Um, so Buddy Hill is a guy that can do that, uh, at least for a while until they get Embiid back. 
if they get Embiid back, presumably he's, you know, if the meniscus heals in, in the way that they hope. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it is an opportunity for him to make a greater impact than he probably could uh, for the Pacers the rest of the way, but it's pretty clear they're missing somebody who can, can make a big impact. Obviously, you know, as Chev, you can't explain it, it's like basically, you know, we, we kind of knew that we had a sense that this was going this direction that we were going to have to part with them. And, you know, we were looking for just ways of just sort of looking to the future and, and trying to get as much as they could. And they get something out of second round, uh, you know, second round draft capital. It's not a lot, um, but they obviously want to at least partially replace uh, the shooting. And they replaced about half of it. Um, really, at the end of the day, as a shooter, Doug McDermott is about half as good uh, as Buddy Heald is um, statistically. And so that, that's on a, Volume basis, percentage-wise, he's better, um, but he doesn't take as many. Just historically, he's hit 922, uh, but he's hit 842. And this year, I think Buddy has 135 in a down year, um, and McDermott has, I think, 76 coming off the bench. Um, so it's something that addresses partially what they lose, doesn't address it entirely. Um, but I guess they sort of hope they make up for it in the aggregate for giving, you know, younger players like Ben Shepard and Benedict Mather and more minutes and hope it works out. Um, so yeah, that's where all of this stands. Obviously we've got a chance to talk to Chad Buchanan tonight. Um, talk to him about Pascal Siakam because he hadn't had a chance to do that yet. So it was sort of an awkward deal of, uh, he was sort of still trying to take the, uh, Pascal Siakam victory lap, um, while trying to explain this very much weirder deal. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot I don't understand about this deal. I guess I would start by saying I I don't think that it's a, I guess, a huge loss um, in that, I mean, Buddy Heald, I think, is certainly better than Doug McDermott. Um, He hadn't been as good this year as last year. You know, I don't think this alters the Pacers. I just don't understand why you would – willingly take on end up with the the lesser player in this right. deal um and i've heard some people say oh well it's because you know they knew they were going to lose buddy healed but they're going to lose doug mcdermott and most i mean he's an unrestricted free air uh, you right. know he's he's in the last year of his contract uh mm-hmm. morris was in the last year of his contract Corey joseph was on the last year of his contract so the mm-hmm. whole you're going to lose them thing doesn't make any sense the other thing that you I heard saw on social media was what did you expect them to get for Buddy Heald? And my answer to that is I don't actually need to trade him. But <laughs> you know, yeah, I, exactly. I, I could have kept him, right? I mean, isn't yeah. that okay? Um, so yeah, I, it, I, I just it, don't it, understand. It, like I said, I just not sure. I, I still don't not sure I understand this trade. Yeah, I mean, I, the explanation. So there's the explanation, and whether I agree with it. Um, and, you know, I, I asked just sort of what made this a good long-term move? Like, what, what's the long-term piece here that tells you, you know, you're going to be better off? Because, I mean, that's what he kept trying to say is that, you know, we have to care about the short term and whether we're winning or not, but we also have to keep an eye on the long term. And this is one of those hard decisions we had to make for the long term. And I basically tried to get, okay, well, well how do you think you got better in the long term today? And he just pointed to the draft capital and said, you know, you just – these are, you know, important pieces that you need to make bigger deals work. Uh, basically, that you have this that you can add to other moves that trying to make, made to make bigger moves. And he's not wrong there. I mean, obviously, it just seems like no matter what deal that you're saying here, he's not entirely wrong. No matter what deal that you're making, they seem to include second round picks, maybe multiple second round picks. Um, so it's important to have some level of capital. I think there is some value to having 
Um, I think they, this would be the, right now the season ends today. Um, the, the pick they, one of the picks they got today for this coming draft would be the 36th pick. Um, and so that's not nothing. You know, uh, it's not a great looking draft, but I mean, I could see how you could say, all right, like that's something that you could add. Um, you know, it's possible that you get a functional player at 36 who can help you. You know, you, you certainly like, um, uh, yeah, you, you can get a player who can help you at 36, bottom line. You can also get a player who could not help you at 36, um, but you can get guess right. You're not going to get a superstar there usually, um, but you can get a guy that, that can, you know, bust it and get in your rotation. You know, basically, that, that like, if he just busts his tail, he's got a chance. Um, so, you know, there's a chance that that turns into something helpful for you long term, and, and that's better than what you would have had if you would just let Buddy walk. But, you know, I, I think um, – I just don't think the future return is worth what I think you can still get for Buddy Heald. I mean, for as much as, you know, I know, you know, I, certainly Pacers fans get rightly frustrated with that he's been more inconsistent this year. And then on the flip side, if you're not getting the shooting, um, you get frustrated because the defense isn't great. Every once in a while, he gives you a really good, a, a pretty good night defensively where he's not getting cooked by the second or third you know, uh, perimeter option. You're, you're, you're not trusting him on a better player than that in general. Um, if you can get some fight out of him on a given night where he doesn't get blown away by a team's second or third option, you're, you're, you feel pretty good about that. Um, but the gravity does matter, and the shooting does matter, even if it's a tick down. I mean, again, he's like 14th and made threes this year. You know, and, and, and again, I, that's obviously high volume, so he's taking a lot and he's missing a lot. Um but the amount you hit still matters, and then again, the the gravity that you create, the fact that will people will will come out to you, um, and are forced to be you know stay with you rather than pack the lane and make sure Tyrese Halliburton doesn't have a clear you know lane to dribble, um, you know that matters. That's important, and you're not going to have the same gravity from Doug McDermott. You know, you're just not. Um, so you know, I, I you you have definitely lost something. Um, you know, and and you you're going to miss the spirit of Buddy Yield. You just are. I mean, like. I, I obviously I speak I speak selfishly to say the reporters that cover this team are going to miss Buddy Hill because he's entertaining and he's you know he's got a he's just a, a wild guy he's he's hilarious he's just off his rocker he's not like a not off his rockers being mean but he's just a funny guy like he's entertaining he's all over the place he just keeps the locker room endlessly like because you just absolutely never know what he's going to say I mean anything is possible to come out of that guy's mouth and you know they feed off of that. Like he's not a guy that you would talk about as a captain or a leader or something like that, or the guy that's, you know, marshalling the forces going forward, but you need comic relief. And that's what, you, you know, uh, that's part of a locker room. That's part of the, um, you know, ecosystem there. And Buddy Hill has a factor in that. And, and it definitely, you could tell he was gone today. You know, you could like, just obviously it made a difference. They had lost, but even in, even before you could kind of tell like that, that that was a tough deal for everybody. The buddy was gone. So, it's going to be a factor you lose. And again, I don't think, I just, I don't think you had to move him. I get that you got something and there was a good chance you weren't resigning him. Um, but I don't know if what you get back in the long term is what you're going to lose in the short term. Yeah. And I mean, we've talked a little bit, uh, before, um, uh, you know, during throughout the day, like, did Buddy Heald go to the Pacers and say, I'm going to be really upset if I don't get traded? Um, I, I mean, if that happens, I guess you have to think about this. We have zero, let's be clear, not only zero indication that he did that. Uh, yesterday, yesterday being, uh, um, Wednesday at the, at practice, mm. he basically said the exact opposite, that he was willing to stay and all that stuff. 
So Tuesday, I, Tuesday night. He talked Tuesday night. Talked sorry, Tuesday, Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and talked about how he was, you know, he he wasn't. I mean, Heels was willing to stay. So, mm. um, and I don't. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you've also heard. Yeah, he's had a down year. I think he's sixth on the team in in three point percentage. But <laughs> you know, he's it's more than that. You have to respect him as a shooter, and he takes. Lots and he's and he's shooting thirty eight percent, which is still good, not good for him, but good for uh, a, an average human. Um, and so you still have to respect him. He still makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people are gonna hunt him in de- on defense in the playoffs. Maybe he's unplayable in the playoffs. Well, let's let's find out. Number two, do we know that ben- Benedict Matherin is not <laughs> gonna get hunted sure. in the playoffs? I mean, mm-hmm. it just again, it just seems very strange that maybe they made this trade. And I guess they got two second round picks. It's not, I mean, the, the 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 pick they sent to Golden State was conditional. Perhaps it's conditional to the point that it's not going to convey. Um, but yeah, I kind of have a hard time swallowing the whole we got future assets. I mean, and, and then the only other thing I can think of is if you, I mean, you know, if you want Benedict Matherin to play more, and I will let's note that Rick Carlisle said Benedict Matherin is already playing a lot. It didn't seem like yeah. that was a huge. Uh, a deal, um, but I, I mean, and so if you wanted to play Matherin more and healed less, um, are you hurting him in free agency? Because you know he's going to be an unrestricted free agency. Yes, but I mean, <laughs> I want to win now. I mean, <laughs> let's, if that's what's best for the team now, then do what's best for the team now. Um, you know, you're paying Buddy Healed a bunch of money. If that means he just plays a little bit less, it's not great. I understand that feeling, but you still got to do what's best for the team. Um, so again, I, do you have any thoughts on what? I mean, is there any explanation that makes sense for why they did this? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think it. The only, like, I don't think, I don't think Buddy was suggesting a sabotage. Like, I, I don't think he came in and said, "If you don't trade me, I'm going to sabotage this team." Because right. I think it's hard to imagine that. Hard because imagine that. you know, I, I think if you were concerned about that, if you thought Buddy was going to come in and blow it up, then it would have happened by now. Um, because obviously he came in, you know, certainly you know came out, uh, you know, through the traditional, you know, um, I think it was Shams. I think had the report at the beginning of the season saying basically that you know that the talks have broken down and, and, you know, Buddy's not going to resign. He's been told that he can seek a trade. So if he, so he's had the opportunity presumably since, you know, like October, he's pretty much known that it's, it's, there's a good chance he's not getting resigned, that there's a, that there's a really good chance he's not being resigned. He has to keep open the possibility of being moved and, and, and look at situations for himself that work out. All right. And, you know, like he is still not, he he didn't he did not mail this season in you know like he didn't shoot as well but he did not mail this in at all um, he was not a cancer at in the least um, I mean they loved him I mean it's like you know so like he still had his same flaws you know like he just he didn't become a magically great defender overnight um, and you know there's just only so much to his game offensively like he's good you know he, he can do other things he can get to the rim he can pass he handled a little bit. Um, you know, there's only, he, he's only so much of a gritty player, you know, like he's not a 10 on that scale, obviously. Um, but he is a craftsman and he didn't stop working on his three. Like he, he is still the guy that's there. He's the last guy out of shoot around every day, every single day, you know, but he is still shooting and chasing his own rebounds. Um, so, you know, like 
that did not stop. He did not, you know, kind of punt on, you know, anything like that. He did not do anything to make the chemistry of this team worse this year. He still, again, had his flaws as a basketball player. They still existed. There were certainly times where he did not help them win games by virtue of those. But he didn't come in and just, you know, hijack the place. Um, and I have no reason to believe that if they wouldn't have traded him now that he would have. You know, that doesn't strike me as the case. I think certainly this team has shown on a couple occasions already this season that if because of playing playing time being an issue, you have an opportunity and they can send you off, uh, they'd give you a better opportunity. They're willing to do so out of respect. Um, they did it for Daniel Tice. They did it for Jordan Nora. Buddy Hill's different. Um, because Buddy Hill was getting playing time. Jordan Nero was barely playing at all. You know, Daniel Tice was barely, Daniel Tice had appeared in one game. Um, so, I mean, they view their, it, it is a sign of respect if you're not going to play that much to send you a place where you will play. Because uh, if they think that you deserve to be a pro, but there's not any space for you, you know, for them, they think, hey, you know, we'll, we'll find you somewhere else to go. Um, but Hill's a little different. And I just, I, I can see him coming to them and say, hey, guys, like, you don't need me as much as they do, and that's the best opportunity I can get. So I would really appreciate it if you guys can do what you can to make a move work. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd really appreciate that. I think that's the right move for both of us. You know, you could use the space. I could use a new start, a new opportunity. I could see him doing that. I could see that being respectful. I can see wanting to do that as the, you know, general, as if, if I'm Kevin Pritchard or Chef Buchanan. But I don't know that if I thought this was the best I could get that I would pull the trigger. Yeah, I mean, the other thing that we haven't mentioned is you're trading into the Philadelphia 76ers, who, number one, right ahead of you. Yep. are literally a spot ahead of you. They were two games uh, when the trade was made. I guess it's two and a half now. I, I don't know if the Sixers were playing today or not. That is also nuts to me because with Embiid yeah. being hurt, as you noted, noted, they're kind of in a free fall. Now, I don't, mm. I don't know. Maybe we're playing chess here. And we want to be in the third spot if we're the Pacers, or the sixth spot if we're the Pacers, because that means we stay away from the Celtics. If we finish four or five and we win, we play the Celtics the next round. And we would rather you would rather as a team be in the three six spot and maybe see the the Bucks. Uh, who you in no way, shape, or form would I be playing? Would, would I and, be concerned about that with this group? And, and that's, like, you just uh, got to get in. Hundred <laughs> percent agree. Hundred would never agree. try to be too cute with this group. No way. No and chance. It's like and like the risk you take. I mean, like you want every chance you can to avoid. Well, you would rather not be in the play in. I mean, again, I don't think it's yeah. like a, a, a huge blow. If they're the seventh or eighth seed, but you would as long rather as be, you would rather be fifth than seventh, and this is cutting down on your chance to be fifth. And sure. I don't understand that aspect of it at all either. And, and and not only, I mean, it also, you know, like if they keep falling, um, you know, like shoot, you know, you they could go below you, you know, and Miami right. could raise up above you, and so they might. You you, you don't want to be propping up Philly. And risk run the risk of Miami also jumping you, right? You know, Miami or Orlando or, or yeah. both for that matter. You know, I mean, they 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 have a little bit of. They even have cushion on Orlando anymore. I mean, what what are they down to? You know, not much. I mean, like you're dealing with Miami, Orlando. You're you're right there with those teams. You know, I think so. I'm, I'm, let me refresh the standings here. Um, you know, they've got a, yeah, they've got a half a game each. 
you know, Miami and Orlando are both 28 and 24. They're 29 and 24. Uh, you know, Philly is, is 30 and 20, two and a half up on them, you know, as refers to them looking at it right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, don't like, if Philly is going to fall below you, take it. Take it. You know, and cause it just don't, don't get in their way. Um, you know, now does Buddy do enough that like they're going to skyrocket again? No, like they're, the weight of losing Embiid is more than everything they gained today. You know, yeah. and, and this wasn't the only trade they made. Um, but you know, all, all the same, like, you know, as much respect as you can possibly have for Buddy Heald, he is not Joel Embiid <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, they, they, they got better today, but that's after they got worse last week, um, dramatically so. So yeah, no, I mean, from that aspect, it doesn't make sense either. Again, I, I get it. I, I can, you know, I think the respectable, respectful thing to do for Buddy and everybody else would have been to try. And then to say, buddy, the best I can get for you is Marcus Morris and Cormaz and a couple second round picks. And you're better than that. <laughs> so yeah. I'm I, not going to have you on my team. And again, like yeah. I said at the beginning, are the Pacers significantly worse than they were at the beginning of the day? Not even close. They're a little bit worse. But they're a little mm-hmm. bit worse. You didn't have They're to a little this. bit worse. As opposed uh, to being yeah, better. Yeah. The other thing that should always be pointed out is that, I mean, literally Kevin Pritchard has never lost a trade, uh, which is unbelievable um, for any executive in any sport as long as he's been doing this. Never lost a trade as with the with the Pacers. So you got to, you know, has he earned the, the benefit of the doubt? Yes. Um, as I spend this entire podcast giving him no benefit of the doubt. But <laughs> if you ask me uh, whether I thought that, you know, but, but, to me, I don't see how they win this trade. Uh, again, I, I, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Maybe they'll get, uh, you know, I was looking at the uh, the best 36 picks uh, of all time. You know, if they get the next Mo Cheeks, the next hmm, Clifford right. Robinson, then sure. hey, then they won the trade. You know, even Mitchell Robinson, Malcolm Brogdon uh, hmm. was, was 36 picks. We're, 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 they were picked 36. Um, also, uh, JJ Anderson, you remember the great JJ Anderson? Um, I no. do not, uh, <laughs> Rakeem Christmas, 36 pick, former Pacer. I'm sure you remember him closely. I remember um, him at Syracuse. I, yeah, Indiana yeah. was interested in him. That's going back to college days. So Rakeem Christmas was on, I believe. I think he was on the Syracuse team that beat Indiana in the Sweet 16. Uh, Dwayne Please. Washington, but not the Dwayne Washington who played for the Pacers, nor the Dwayne Washington who played for Syracuse, uh, the oh, girl. Yeah. Uh, so right. uh, yet another uh, the Dwayne Washington who played for Middle Tennessee in the late 80s. I'm sure uh, we all remember uh, him. So anyway, um, the <laughs> chances of getting a great player is not zero at 36, but it you know, but it's, it's not high. Too. Yeah, uh, Liddell Eccles. I love Liddell Eccles. Uh, came go. out of New Orleans, uh, um, kind of uh, unusually, uh, you know like six five and weighed about two forty but could really uh but was a great offensive player in college but um but so let's look let's spin this forward. I would think that I mean tonight it didn't happen but it was a blowout so you can't read anything in tonight. I think these these games after trades are always weird. Um so mm-hmm. I don't think you should read too much into them getting blown out by Steph Curry. Um but uh, you know do we think uh I think I assume Nebhart will be the starter, other starter in the backcourt. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you want a point in favor of this trade. I, last time I looked, I, this was two games ago, so uh, the numbers are off. But uh, they have a great record with Nebhart in, in the starting lineup. They had all; I think they were eleven and seventeen with Heald in the starting lineup. A thousand things go into that, but it's not nothing. 
But, mm. you know, do we see more of Matherin? What do you expect different, uh, now uh, after this trade than before? I don't know. I mean, you see more Ben Shepard. You know, yeah, that's yeah. for sure. I mean, and, and I think that's the other piece to it is there's this spin put on it about Matherin getting more time. Um, you know, what was leaning towards happening was you were going to get this Halliburton, Nemhard, Neesmith, um, Siakam, Turner first unit. And then your second unit was going to be Heald and Matherin together with TJ McConnell. And, you know, that group was pretty good. You know, like you put those two together, you get maybe Obi and Jalen Smith. Like, that's a fun second unit. Those guys can play. And that doesn't cost Benedict Matherin a single thing in terms of what he's getting. I mean, like, if if Andrew Nemhart is your starter, like, you know, basically, if if, if Matherin is a piece of this, if, if the, the point here was to get out of Benedict Matherin's way, then Benedict Matherin has to start. Full stop. You know, and, you know, Carlisle's uh, rationale for starting Nemhart as opposed to Matherin is that that gives you a um, role for T.J. McConnell because he does not want to not play T.J. McConnell because even at the be- you know, beginning of the year, he had a tear-filled conversation about this, maybe t- not tear-filled, close to tears conversation about it. And I don't know, just every single time he's had to play T.J. McConnell, which is almost every single game, it's been like, wow, I can't not play this guy. I absolutely have to play this guy. It isn't just about, you know, I like him, he's a good dude, you know, and he plays hard and he looks like he's playing with his hair on fire, and I favor that because, you know, for you just like the underdog. TJ McConnell is one of this team's most effective players. He just is. By virtue of whatever it is he has to do to be the player he is, he is too good not to play. And he's proven that on so many occasions. So so he's gotten them hard in the starting lineup so that Nemhard is not the second-unit point guard, so that McConnell is the second-unit point guard, so that he is not stuck on the bench, you know, especially when we're doing the, they were doing those things with, with Tyrese. So that means Matherin's in the second unit, and so you can put Buddy Heald next to him in the second unit with TJ McConnell, and that doesn't cost Benedict Matherin anything. So, like, if, you know, and again, I think if, if Benedict Matherin has got to be in the second unit, he's better off playing with Buddy Heald than he is playing with Ben Shepard. And Ben Shepard's fine. I'm not trying to knock Ben Shepard, but Buddy Heald creates the same gravity to make Benedict Matherin's life easier as he does for Tyrese Halliburton in the starting lineup. So I don't know. I don't think Benedict, I mean, like, again, maybe in a year, maybe, you know, there's there's going to come a time where they, they, they move on and say it's time to not have T.J. McConnell on this team, but T.J. McConnell keeps proving that he should be on this team and play on this team. And as long as he's doing that, it makes sense to have Andrew Nemhard start to make sure that McConnell can come in. Yeah, so. and I, I do think you can get – I mean, Madden will get some more time, and he – you know, I'm not opposed to, to giving Benedict Matherin more time. Sure, and the playoff rotation that. might be a different different uh, can of worms, too. You know, yeah, like I mean, you don't need to play – you know, maybe they shorten the rotation. You don't need to play Shepard, and that's where Matherin gets more minutes. Right, But the exactly. other thing is, you could have just – Played Buddy Heald less and Matherin more and still had Heald yeah. on the roster. So, uh, yeah. and I, I guess McConnell or uh, McDermott helps a little bit in that he's a, uh, you know, a, a slightly, he's a bigger guy. I mean, he's not a defensive guy. It's not like he's going to be playing, uh, mm-hmm. guarding power forwards or anything like that. But I, I, right. I guess that helps a little. Um, I guess I was also a little surprised they didn't hold on to Corey Joseph. I mean, Joseph has not played well this year, but hasn't had a lot of mm-hmm. much chance. With the injuries, there's been times where the Pacers, despite having three 
uh, more serviceable or better point guards on the roster. They still have had not had backup point guards some night. Would have thought that mm. Joseph would have made a nice fourth point guard um, for when you needed him, but they didn't go that route. They ended up waiving him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, again, just a strange day yeah. for me. Um, I, I didn't expect them yeah. to do anything because you were reading all these rumors about that they were trading Heald to the Sixers, and I never saw one person tell me what the Pacers were getting back that made them better. But that, that's exactly what happened. So that's, yeah. <laughs> that, that's why you pay attention to the rumors when they're all floating out sure. there. And uh, sometimes mm. you're right about this stuff and sometimes you're not. So. Right. No, it, it, to add on the Joseph thing, uh, Chad did suggest that they are going to be active in the buyout market, that there are some people that they're interested in. They wanted to be flexible uh, for that uh, to look for some opportunities. Obviously, they re-signed James Johnson to yet another 10-day. Um, you know, J- James Johnson is a perpetual member of this team basically as long as he wants to be, even when he's not. Um, so, you know, they, they, they might have something up their sleeve as far as somebody they want to go get that might get bought out, um, that might make a difference and maybe could be somebody like that. There might be a, a, a fourth card they like more than Corey Joseph. Um, I was a little surprised the fact that they did sign him for a minute. When, you know, like you had to think that there had to be a little bit of raw feelings, not raw, but Halliburton had to be not particularly jazzed about this. Like you thought maybe, hey, like we're losing run friends. You're bringing we're bringing another one in. Like him and Corey Joseph are tight. Um, And it's kind of rough to go from you're losing, buddy. You're getting Corey. But no, you're not. (laughs) So it's not like Harris doesn't have plenty enough friends on the team and everywhere. Um, But still, that was, I thought, notable. It was just interesting to me that that that's the guy they got, and then they then they immediately cut him. I would assume that they had to tell Halliburton what was happening, and that, yeah. you know, he said Joseph so. wasn't sticking around. But yeah, um, yeah, and then, and then you make a good point. The buyout market, uh, I believe, the Celtics, the Heat, um, oh, there's lists floating around out there. Several of the teams above the Pacers in the standings are limited in who they can sign. The Pacers are not. Um, beyond how much they're willing to spend uh, above the tax or, or above the salary cap and the tax and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch. Um, they did get Wesley Matthews one year uh, out of the buyout market, which was a little bit of a surprise to some people because Indiana's never supposed to get anybody like that. Um, you know, it didn't end up making a huge difference, but, they, but you know, the Pacers have gotten uh, help out of the buyout market before. So maybe this is a, that's an excellent point. They could, they could find someone. Of course, then you're finding someone is you're, you're right back to where you are with the, maybe there's not as you know, you got too many guys for too few spots again. So, uh, sure. so that'll mm-hmm. certainly be interesting to watch, but maybe George Hill someplace. I don't know. You know, I mean, that's not a buyout issue, but I think he, all, he they, they, they had an extra roster spot. So, I mean, yeah, you know. and he would fit the fourth point guard spot, but he would. I, I have no I, idea I, what he's been doing. I presume he's in shape because he's George Hill. Yeah. But, yeah. You know. Um, yeah, all right. It's been a long day. Uh, yes, your day is not over yet. You've still got nope. at least uh, a couple hours probably of writing up what Chad Buchanan said tonight. Anything that you want to hit on that we haven't? No, I mean, yeah, it, it was, it was just a weird feel because you combined losing one of your loudest, brightest personalities with just a bad game. And so it's, it, it like, it just had a weird air to it today, and don't know if that will be different when they if they have a better effort. Obviously, you know Steph Curry just just ripped their soul out, you know, right out of the gate when he had six threes in a row, and it just seemed like they never they just took that punch and never got back up. 
Um, and you know, so I, I it, but it, it has a weird air today. I don't know if it'll change, but it has a weird air. Uh, and the other thing I would say is like the, the, if, obviously you got to look at the entire deadline, the entire trade season. And obviously they still made the biggest move, you know, one of the biggest moves in the NBA. They, I, I mean, would we say Pascal Siakam was the biggest, was the biggest get in the deadline season by anybody? I would think so. I mean, it's him or yeah. Ananobi. Right, exactly. Who so, just I mean, uh, had surgery today and is going to miss three, at least three weeks. So, Yeah, so I mean, I would say they probably got the best player that got traded. Devontae Murray didn't go anywhere, right? I didn't know nope. something. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. So for all that talk, and, and, you know, there were other, you know, big names, ridiculous names on the market. You know, Wiggins doesn't move. You know, Kaminga obviously doesn't move. You know, Golden State came in intact. You know, I thought there were some smart moves made by the Knicks and, and Philly and, and uh, you know, some other teams. Milwaukee, I thought getting Beverly was not major, but it helps. Um, but in terms of, you know, like they, nobody got a franchise-changing player like the Pacers did. So they got the biggest move, but just this one looks weird, but obviously it's not anywhere near as consequential on a negative level as Siakam was on a positive level. Yeah, and we, I guess we could talk, you know, the Knicks made a couple of moves. Uh, Alec Burks, uh, Bojan mm. Bogdanovich, former Pacer. Um, uh, you know, so the, the, the Knicks, uh, were a big winner today. Um, and obviously that mm. impacts the Pacers. They're not only about to play the Knicks, but they're obviously competing with them in terms of, uh, you know, position in the standings and things like that. But, uh, as always, Check out IndyStar.com. Uh, we've got everything covered. We've got several. Uh, did you want? Do you want to know more about uh, uh, Marcus Morris? We got. You can read five things to know about Marcus Morris, even though he's not here anymore. Do you want to know more about Furkan Korkmaz? Dustin obviously does because he doesn't know his name or anything about him. <laughs> no, uh, I don't. You can go. You can go to our. Go to IndyStar.com. You can read all about uh, him. Um, as well, and of course, plenty of analysis, uh, including Greg Doyle's column on the trade. But, uh, but thank you for listening. Go to IndyStar.com for more, and we'll let Dustin go uh, work more.